0: Welcome to Triple E, where we elevate, enhance, and expand your mindset with your host, Jessica Schmidt. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Triple E podcast. Today's episode is really important. All of our episodes are important because they all contribute to success. But the topic today is a cornerstone of success. Today's episode is going to be all about health. Health is beyond important in our lives, in success, in our lifestyle, in our relationships, every aspect of our life is influenced by health. And I mean, if we think about it, when people think of success, they think of what? They think of wealth, they think of their career, right? They think of material success, living in a mansion, driving Ferraris, right? But if we don't have health, how can we have any of those other successes? And you might say, well, an unhealthy person could still make a lot of money, True. That's absolutely true. But if you're unhealthy, how easy is it to make a lot of money? It takes a lot of energy to make a lot of money. And if you don't have that energy because you have bad health, it's going to be that much harder. And even if you somehow manage to make a lot of money in bad health, can you enjoy the money? Can you do the things that money allows you to do, like go on vacations or buy really cool experiences or spend it going out to dinner with friends and family? No, because if you're not in a good state of health, you can't experience life to the level that gives you a fulfilled life. Same thing with career success. If you're unhealthy, how are you going to grow and expand in your career? How are you going to add consistent value to the people you're serving? You're not going to be able to because you're going to lack the strength, the energy to do those things. Same thing with material success. You could have the biggest house and all the cars and all the clothes and shoes But if you don't have your health, you can't enjoy those things. Health is such a fundamental piece of success, and it's often overlooked when we talk about success as a whole. So today, my guest is someone very special to me, and it's Dr. Peter Schmidt. Dr. Peter Schmidt, otherwise known as Dr. Pete, is a 1996 graduate of Palmer College of Chiropractic in Davenport, Iowa. With over 27 years of clinical experience, he has helped thousands of patients from infants through the elderly. Along with his 27 years of clinical experience, Dr. Schmidt has over 300 hours of study in nutrition, which he utilizes in his practice to optimize his results. He has helped relieve people of all sorts of pain, from severe and constant headaches to consistent low back pain. Along with his wife, Dr. Julie Schmidt, also a chiropractor, the chiropractic duo relocated to Monroe, Wisconsin, where they still practice to this day after practicing in Dover, Delaware for eight years. Dr. Schmidt is a devoted husband and father. He has made it a priority to be an active role in his children's lives. From getting them to lessons and practices, he has also taken the role of coaching baseball, football, basketball, and wrestling. He has consistently maintained an active, healthy lifestyle through working out exercise and nutrition, and together with his wife Julie, instilled in his children and countless other people the importance of health. If you haven't figured it out yet, Dr. Peter Schmidt also happens to be my father. So I am one of his children that he has instilled the importance of health in. I'm really excited to have this discussion today. As you can probably imagine, I've had many discussions with him about health through my lifetime. And they've been so important for me and maintaining my success and my vitality and my health as you all know i'm a ballet dancer without health i wouldn't be able to do what i do so he has been instrumental in helping me achieve my goals by giving me knowledge of health that i i need so i'm i just can't wait to deliver that information to all of you so that you can take it and apply it to your lives and you can take your health and thus your success to another level which is which is what we're all about here at triple e I'm really super excited for this discussion. Let's jump right in. Okay, Dr. Pete. Pete, what do you want me to call you throughout this whole thing? Dr. Pete, Dr. Schmidt, Peter, dad?
1: Um, whatever makes you comfortable. You can call me dad, you can call me Dr. Pete. I mean, whatever you wanna call me.
0: Okay, well, I'll start off with Dr. Pete. It might change a little bit here and there, but why don't you give us a brief background on who you are, how you got into chiropractic, how you got into nutrition, and what led you to where you are today?
1: So it's kind of an uh, interesting story how I became a chiropractor. Um, I initially went to college to play soccer. That lasted for about a year. Um, Being young and making some bad decisions, that career ended kind of quickly. Um, Transitioned to a community college Um, From there, I was kind of just kind of didn't know what I wanted to do, had an opportunity to become an electrician in New York City. I took that opportunity. I was there for about three and a half years, started getting tired of the commute back and forth from New Jersey to New York, Uh, decided to try the electrical uh, business in New Jersey, did that for about two and a half years. I started getting tired of that. Decided to go back to college. Um, Went back to college thinking I'd get into marketing. Had some friends in the field. They were doing pretty well for themselves. I did that. I was, you know, doing the studies for that. And then, you know, I got to a crossroads again. And I really didn't know what to do. So I had the opportunity to possibly become a New Jersey State Trooper. Um, in the gym that I worked out in, there was a number of, uh, the guys I worked out with were state troopers. Uh, they thought I would be a good fit for that. And then I hurt myself and I hurt my shoulder. And so there was a chiropractor in the gym where I worked out and, uh, I started seeing him. And it's really funny in, in in my life. I can, you know, point to specific times where, you know, that, uh, decision that came to me, like I can remember when I was an electrician and I decided I was going to go back to college. I can tell you where exactly where I was sitting. I was sitting on a deck uh, on a condo in Ocean City, Maryland, about four o'clock in the afternoon, and it came, like it came off the ocean at me and just go back to college. Same thing happened. I was sitting in the chiropractor's office. And it was about 9.45 on a Thursday morning. I looked at the clock. I looked at the front desk receptionist. And I just said to myself, I think I want to do this. And so that's kind of how that started. And interestingly enough, when I went to both my parents who were divorced, both of them thought I was out of my mind, uh, <laughs> wanting to become a chiropractor when they started the, curriculum they they both were like there's no way you're going to get through this and for those of you who don't know me the worst (laughs) thing you can do is tell me i can't do something because then i'm going to try to prove (laughs) you wrong so uh, from that point on i was laser focused and i was not going to fail and so i graduated in 1996 from palmer college of chiropractic in davenport iowa my wife, your mom, Dr. Julie <laughs> Schmidt, and I opened a practice um, in Dover, Delaware. We practiced there for eight years. Nothing to do with nutrition when I practiced in uh, Delaware. Really wanted nothing to do with nutrition back then. Just wanted to be a chiropractor and adjust people. And we moved to Wisconsin in 2004. And then I got a little bit into nutrition, you know, just the basic stuff multivitamin to my patients maybe a fish oil uh, possibly um, a probiotic and what happened was it was a blessing in the skies the state of Wisconsin actually made it mandatory if you wanted to sell nutritional products from your office you had to get certified nutrition so of course at first I was kind of against that but I wanted to sell nutrition a little bit so you had to take these courses, these 12-hour courses. You had to do four of them. So altogether, you got about 48 hours worth of study. And so in that time period, I really started finding a niche. And I, I, I got much more interested in the nutritional aspect of health and well-being. And so since then, both myself and Dr. Julie have utilized our continuing ed credits, mainly in the focus of nutrition. So over the last, I would say, probably 15, 16 years, we have accumulated well over 300 hours of study in nutrition. And uh, so we utilize that in our practice a lot to help us get the results that we get along with our chiropractic care. We find the two work very well together.
0: So, yeah, so you're very, obviously very, very knowledgeable in the field of health. We we knew that going into this. I know this podcast is going to be all about health, but there's something you mentioned that I don't want to just glaze over. The fact that you had moments of decision that you remember so, so vividly. I don't know what that was. I don't know. I personally would believe that that was probably God's work, but... The fact that you're able to remember them so clearly, I wonder if that's something that everyone experiences in defining moments in their life, if they can just remember those moments so clearly because it was a pivot point for you. Both of those moments that you described were pivot points for you. Um, I think that's just something to, for the audience to maybe think about, reflect on. Maybe they've had moments that, that has happened in their life. Um, I don't know. I just found that point just interesting. It just it grabbed my attention.
1: So let me uh, piggyback off of that statement. Um, I'll tell you one that just, it still blows me out of the water. And you've heard this story before, but for the audience, um, they haven't. So let me explain this. Um, We were practicing for probably four years in Delaware. And um, Dr. Julie and myself, we often spoke of um, moving to Wisconsin to practice. And we were here for a wedding and we got on the plane to fly back home. And I remember saying, you know, we should really consider moving back here to Wisconsin. You know, we should we should try to move here. And that was on a Sunday we flew back. Tuesday, early afternoon at our house, I get a phone call from a chiropractor. says to me here you're interested in selling your practice now the only person i said this to was dr julie on the plane flying back from wisconsin to delaware so right away i get this crazy chill down my spine like what the heck's going on here and who is this person so i figured i'd kind of pursue this a little bit and it turned out that this chiropractor was a lot more smoke, a little less fire. Um, He wasn't gonna buy the practice, but I was telling our pastor what just happened. And he said, you gotta be kidding me. There's a chiropractor in Maryland who wants to move to Dover, Delaware where we practiced and he's looking to buy a practice. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So I met with him and when you're selling a practice, you can sell it a number of different ways. I used a broker. And what the broker does is he's going to evaluate your practice and tell you what you should sell it for. And so here I am, this is all like, like craziness happening to me. How is this happening? You know? And I remember, you know, laying in bed um, one night and I'm asking God, God, if I'm supposed to move and I threw out a number for what I should get from my practice from the broker where he's going to assess it at. And that Monday evening, I spoke to the broker and he gave me a number that was $1,000 above the number I said, I asked God to kind of guide me with. And so I kind of knew that it was time to leave Delaware and move to Wisconsin. And then what happened was the gentleman who wanted to buy my practice couldn't get the financing. He was having a hard time getting the financing. And so I mentioned it to my realtor and he reached into his pocket and he pulled out a card for a a lady at a bank, for this chiropractor to call. And this chiropractor calls her, and within two days, he has the finance to buy the practice. Oh, wow. So, I mean, if you look at the events that transpired from that, getting on the plane, me telling Dr. Julie that I think we should leave um, Delaware and move to Wisconsin, all the way till the chiropractor wanted to buy my practice, was able to get the financing. It was just, you know, it was one of those times I just realized you know for some reason God wants me in Wisconsin practicing and that's where we've been ever since so you know to add to the initial that specific time in your life and you notice things this was even crazier than that and yet you know I, I, I truly believe there was a reason why we were sent here
0: it's so crazy how those moments in our lives like you don't necessarily expect them like you don't know what they're gonna be but you're led to them and if you follow it It leads you exactly where you were meant to be. So I want to talk a little bit more about your health journey, specifically your journey in health. You mentioned you grew up in New Jersey. You mentioned you worked out in your early years, 20s, college, that kind of thing. Was health something that was a part of your family growing up? Was it something you knew a lot about as a child, something you were introduced to by your parents? What got you started working out? What got you started exercising? How has your health journey evolved from when you were a little boy through to now where you are as a chiropractor?
1: So uh, I started lifting weights about 12 years old. I remember my dad bought us a weight set and a pretty flimsy bench <laughs> and, um, with the weights that came this wall truck you hung on the wall and it gave you basic exercise to do for your different body parts. It was very basic. But I can remember um, you know, he bought this stuff for us and he expected us to do it. And, you know, if he came home at night he did you work out today? And if we said no, he would want to know why. Like, why didn't you work out? You know, I bought you this stuff. Why aren't you going to use it? You know, you meet you know, get rid of it. And you know, and I can remember kind of feeling bad. That I didn't, you know, do what I was supposed to do. And um mm-hmm. As I got older, um, well, let me back. I was very, very thin growing up. And uh, I can remember, you know, seeing uh, different bodybuilders back in the day. Um, and, you know, just wanted to get bigger and, and more muscular. So, you know, I, I started lifting weights, you know, hoping that would happen. Um, that didn't ever really happen because of my body type. You know, I've always a high metabolism, I was more of an ectomorph type of body type, um, which would be a more lean body style. Um, in terms of health from a diet standpoint, growing up, I had a terrible diet. My parents didn't know anything about eating properly. Um, of course, we would like to have a basic steak, meat and potato type of family, you know. But, you know, we drank a ton of soda we had, you know, dessert or sweets every night. We had I had sweets in my lunch. My mom made for, you know, school. I had cookies there, you know, and we, you know, and just that's how I was raised. You no, know, and I, I didn't think in those terms of nutrition. I just I thought if the more food I ate, the better chance I'd have of getting bigger and grow more muscle. And as I got into my, I would say probably my later teens early 20s that's when the nutrition aspect started becoming more apparent to me and you know back then even the knowledge of nutrition as compared to today was pretty primitive in terms of you know how advanced it has become I mean it wasn't unheard of for you know bodybuilders or guys trying to get big you just ate food you know you ate a lot of food and eat like Let's say in the off season, if you weren't competing, I never got to that point. But you know, use eight calories to try to get bigger. Um, you know, I can remember some of the bodybuilders in the gym I worked out at. It, you know, they'd be eating, you know, three, four um, McDonald' hamburgers and the French fries, and you know, just trying to get bigger, putting weight on. Um, now we all know that that's very bad for us, not only from mm-hmm. trying to gain muscle, but also from an overall health standpoint. So. Um, I started, you know, looking at muscle magazines, and they had information in there. I read articles, and it started evolving for me. I understood more about the macronutrients and how they played a role in being healthy. Um, the more I got into the chiropractic field, the more those things tend to find you. Um, you're around people who have a lot of knowledge in health and nutrition. And fitness and so you can feed off each other and learn from each other but really when i started doing those nutrition classes for my certifications where i really really gained a tremendous amount of knowledge in terms of how we should be eating what we should be eating you know supplementation so forth and so on
0: yeah so i want to go really broad here and ask you the question What is health to you, and what does it mean to live a healthy lifestyle?
1: That's a really, really good question. Um, I can remember, I don't know the exact definition. Um, Let me see if I can find it here. Um, Definition of health that we were all taught. um, I have a dictionary here. I'll see if I can find the definition that we were all taught. Um, (laughs) But it's, you know, the basic... Um, let's see. Um, now it's not in here. So it used to talk about um, health as a condition of um, physical, mental, and social well being. That would just be, you know, a definition for health way back when, one of the first definitions I've ever uh, heard of. And over the years, you know, being a chiropractor, being a chiropractor who deals mainly in wellness. You know I started looking at the different definitions of health, and it struck me one day, and my definition of health would be a body um, that can adapt to stress. A healthy body is a body that can adapt to stress. That stress could be physical, it could be mental, it could be a uh, chemical but a body that is really healthy is going to be able to adapt to the stress is thrown at it. And let me just say quickly, um, one of the things we have learned from COVID is that we're a very, very unhealthy society. And for the people who seem to handle COVID very well, they're the people that demonstrate excellent health, as opposed to the people with the comorbidities, uh, specifically speaking, obesity.
0: So let's talk about COVID a little bit because it's hard to have a conversation about health today without talking about COVID because it is something that is so prevalent in our lives in the health field. What can we do in our everyday lives to strengthen our immune systems so that if we are affected by COVID, we can hopefully get through it and be okay?
1: Another great question, Jessica. So the one thing we have learned from COVID is that we are very sick as a nation, as a world. We're very, very sick people. Obesity in the United States is cresting the 50% mark. Being overweight in the United States is getting close to 75% mark. Um, It's interesting over the last two years, we have heard very, very little spoken of trying to get individuals healthier that would allow their bodies to adapt to the stress presented from COVID. Now, that's not an easy task uh, to get most people to change the way they have been programmed to eat, um, especially when we've been programmed to eat incorrectly. We, you and I have had the conversation where the food pyramid that we were, I was taught younger was never scientifically proven. And it's absolutely, you know, the wrong way we should be eating. Okay. Talks about a lot of grains and stuff. And
0: And just um, for the newer generations, that food pyramid would be the equivalent of the my plate that newer generations were taught in school. That was what I was taught. And it still has a big focus on grains and
1: such. Exactly. So. You know, you, uh, the question you just asked me, the number one thing people can do to try to build their immune system, they have to eat healthier, period. I mean, that's just, you know, as Sean Stevenson states, you know, you're going to make new cells from the food that you eat. And people don't think like that. Your body's constantly, you know, your, your cells are dying and they're being replaced by new cells. And those cells are made from the food that you're eating. So if if you wanna make really healthy cells, you have to eat really healthy food. And so, you know, your immune system, if you think about the immune system, 80% of the immune system comes from the gut, the human gut. So if you're not eating well, there's no way you can have a healthy gut system, right? But if you're eating very healthy, that flora can be a very healthy flora, which in turn, gives you a much better chance of having a healthy immune system. And that all comes from the way we eat. And so, yes, there are certain supplements that we can be taking right now. They've been proven to work. Um, Again, we're not hearing a lot about that. But the vitamin D3, high doses of that have been proven to help. Um, Cercetin, vitamin C, zinc. These have been proven with many, many studies to show They help strengthen the immune system and help ward off COVID. So um, from the aspect of what you can take, but you have to realize if you're taking these things and have a terrible, terrible diet, you're not really getting anywhere.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, it's like, you know, um, you got to look at the body and say, you know, if you want to get it healthy, you got to approach it you know, the proper way from all aspects, not just one aspect and the rest of the aspects aren't good and expect that body to be healthy. It just doesn't work.
0: And that's why they're called supplements. They're meant to supplement an already healthy lifestyle. So you got to start with the basics, eating healthy and being active. That's the basics. I also want to just touch on one thing that you said that I don't think a lot of people know. 80% of the immune system is in the gut. Yeah, we don't not a lot of people know that I honestly, I don't know if people really think about where the immune system is in our body. It's just kind of something we have 80% of it comes from our gut. So Mm -hmm. our food is going to directly affect our immune system. And when you mentioned flora, that is the good and bad bacteria that Mm -hmm. inhabit our gut. Am I correct with that? Yes. Okay. So. Let's talk about nutrition then. if That's the thing that we really need to focus on. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Let's talk about what are the basic tenets and important things people need to know about nutrition and healthy eating.
1: So again, these topics are, they they appear to be easy to talk about and you can talk about them very very easily. Unfortunately, implementing it for a lot of people, um, it becomes very difficult. Mm -hmm. So let's start by understanding that most of the American public is addicted to sugar. Sugar is one of the most addictive substances on the planet. And so you have to understand you are addicted to something and you're addicted to something that it's stronger than cocaine in terms of, um, your ability to be addicted to it. So the first thing we need to do is break that addiction. Okay, if you don't break that addiction, you're you're never going to eat healthy. You're always going to be looking for that sweet craving, and it's sugar, really does so much damage to the human body. So, the first thing people need to realize is the foods that we have been eating for forever. That you know, like the healthy foods, they haven't changed. The basic foods, you know, um, your your vegetables, your raw nuts your lean cuts of meat. Okay. It's fruit, you know, now when I, when I try to work with somebody, um, you know, there's so many books and so many uh, podcasts you can listen to and things you can find on YouTube and on the web. And a lot of people get, you know, pretty drastic, you know, it's none of this, none of that, none of this, no, 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 minimize your fruit, you know, Uh, It's got to be organic. And what I have found through working with patients for the last 15 years on nutrition is when you approach a person that way, like clean out your cupboards, get rid of everything bad, replace with everything good, and that's what you have to do, the failure rate is in the upper 90s, they're going to fail. It's way too hard. It's way too hard in the subconscious mind. The subconscious mind is not like change. So when you have to make changes, it's got to be slow. You have to have a plan. How, how are you going to do that? How are you going to make this change from eating so bad to eating better? And so what I usually do, the first, the first thing I'll tell somebody to do is I ask, do you drink soda? And 90% of the patients I talk to drink soda. How much do you drink? And it varies. I say, well, what I want you to do for the first week, is I want you to cut your soda intake in half, and I want you to replace that with water. That's all I'm asking you to do. And if they come back week number two, and they say they couldn't do that, then I stop working with that patient. For the simple reason um, I feel it would be unethical for me to work with somebody when I feel they're really, uh, I'm just gonna be taking their money They're going to yes me to death. They're not going to follow through. And and ethically, I feel I shouldn't be doing that. I I just, I feel like I'm almost stealing from them. So if, if when I have people, and I tell them from day one, um, I'm black and white. If I, and you you can try to, you know, snow me, tell me you're doing it. I can pretty much pick up on if you're not. I will dismiss you from care because I'm not going to steal your money. It's the question you ask is, is a very, very broad question. Yeah. So again, you know, when I'm working with somebody right away, what about organic doc. What about organic? Well, that'd be great. But can I just get you to eat th- th- those foods, not organic first. Let's see what, how that goes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Cause if you, if you can't do it, not, or you're not going to do it organic. You know, like, you know, let's get you to eat more salads. You know, let's, let's, let's cut out the cereal. Let's cut out the pasta. Let's cut out the bread. You know, let's yeah. start cutting this stuff out slowly. And if if you get to that point, you're really following, you're seeing the results, you notice the energy increase and you're sleeping better and your sinuses are clearer. Let's go organic then. Let's take it to the next level. But for most people, they never get to that point. People, you know, it's not that it's hard. We make it hard. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, we make this journey of uh, trying to be healthier harder than it has to be. And it's all mental. I had a patient come in one time and she goes, oh, I don't know, doc. You know, this eating healthy is so hard. And I, I looked and I said, I'm kind of confused. What do you mean? She goes, it's just it's hard. And I said, So you telling me it, it's harder to eat an apple than a donut? And she looked at me. And she goes, what do you mean? I said, well, no, you're saying it's harder. And I'm kind of confused. Is it, is it harder for you to eat an apple than a donut? And she said, no. And I said, so what's making it hard? and the light bulb went on for her she realized that yeah it's not really harder i'm making a yeah so you know people have to really want to be healthy there has to be a strong why behind why they want to start eating better exercising getting up earlier finding the time to do this type of stuff eating healthier requires you to spend more time in the kitchen cooking Mm-hmm. You know, meal planning, figuring out what you're going to eat for the next week. Just it's dinner time. Well, I think tonight I'll run to McDonald's or tomorrow night man, we'll do uh, Taco Bell or, you know, that's easy.
0: Yeah. Well, OK, so for the audience, for example, I can tell them how I changed my diet. Um, I mean, I, I've always eaten fairly healthy because of the environment I grew up in. You guys always kept really healthy foods in the house. You kept soda away from us. You minimized our sugar intake. So I was already introduced to that as a kid growing up. But when I was in high school, I was still eating healthy, but I still ate a lot of wheat. I still ate a lot of gluten. I still ate a lot of dairy. And those were things that in the back of my mind, I wanted to minimize, but I just couldn't get myself to do it. I would eat no dairy no gluten for breakfast and maybe lunch and then dinner and my late night snack would come around and that whole thing would go out the window and when I moved away from home um, to be a trainee with a company in Columbus Ohio I was on my own for the first time and the first four months I kind of maintained the diet that I had had all through high school and then after Christmas break I was just like you know what I am going to completely change my diet I'm gonna actually go to the level of health that I want to go to and I literally was like no more gluten no more dairy unless it's a special event or I'm going out to eat or something which doesn't happen often and my trick was I didn't buy it at the grocery store like it was that simple for me if it wasn't in the house I wouldn't eat it and honestly I wouldn't even crave it because it wasn't there anyway I wasn't I didn't really have a grocery store across the street or anything I mean they're Not one that I would go to, so I just I had a list. I stuck to my list. I bought the things on my list at the grocery store. It didn't include gluten, didn't include dairy. And then when I was at home and craving something, I couldn't choose those things, and that was what really helped me overcome my subconscious mind. And it's worked. I'm. It's something I still do, and it has worked so much. And I've seen great improvements in my energy, in my skin in just my overall health in general, my muscle development. So, I mean, that, I know everyone's life is different. I was lucky enough to grow up in an environment where I was already healthy, but that's one little trick that you could try. Just don't buy it at the grocery store. And then when you're at home, it's not there to eat.
1: Yeah, and when you're in the grocery store, try to stay on the outside of the grocery store. What I mean by that is the outside wall. Mm-hmm. The outside wall of the grocery store is where you're going to find more your healthy food. Everything in between is where you're going to find a highly processed garbage food that, of course, we're all addicted to (laughs) and we're most attracted to. Um, And that was a very good point. If you don't buy it, it's not going to be in the house, the less chance you're going to have it. So,
0: yeah. So what you've been saying this whole time is like, we got to get away from the processed foods. We got to get back to the whole foods, the real foods. So what is it about processed foods that make them so unhealthy? Versus, because you'll see something in the grocery store, and you'll see like a pre-made mac and cheese. Well, how is that different from buying a normal pasta and some good quality cheese and making it at home?
1: Um. Well, <laughs> they're both not the best for you.
0: Well, right, that was a bad example, but <laughs> okay.
1: But so, processed food has a lot of chemicals, a lot of sugar. You're going to find. Um, Grain, corn, stuff like that in the processed foods. You got preservatives. Um, So, you know, they are the things um, that the chemicals that hurt us. You got to be really careful. And the thing is, you know, a lot of people sometimes think they're eating well. And then we take a look at their diet. And, you know, it's not that it's not that it's really bad. But some of the foods that are eating, you got to be really careful about. Um, One of them would be like oatmeal. Eating regular oatmeal is really not good for you because if it's not organic oatmeal, it's most likely been the oats have been sprayed with Roundup. Um, That's what happens. And so at a microscopic level, every time you're eating the Roundup, you're taking some of that um, chemical into your body and it's a known carcinogen. So I don't want to freak everybody out and, you know, oh my God, I've eaten regular oatmeal. I'm going to get cancer. I'm not saying that. You might not, you know, it's... But it's it's an example of how you think you're eating well, but not understanding the differences in certain foods. You know, it, it, it's 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 could be a drastic difference. You know, and so, um, yeah, it's it's, and 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 the thing that really amazes me is a lot of this information. People can find out. I mean, if you you know, you can get on the internet and you can find out a lot of information about food. And you can, you know, you can learn an awful lot just by doing some of your own investigation. So
0: So how would you recommend someone goes about finding that information? You mentioned, you know, you can just look it up on the internet. Mm-hmm. But with the example you just gave, I bet almost nobody listening knew that if you're eating regular oatmeal it could actually be bad. I mean, we think of oatmeal as a Mm -hmm. really good, healthy food. So that can be almost a little overwhelming because what other foods that we think are healthy are actually hurting us. So how would you recommend someone kind of breaks it down a little bit, takes some baby steps to find out what they should be eating, what foods should be organic versus non-organic and what things they might be doing that they think are good that are actually not?
1: Well, unfortunately... The food industry, you know, if they're marketing, it can be very misleading. Like, I can't tell you how many patients over the years have thought Cheerios were healthy for them. You know, the, the problem with that is all the GMO foods now and stuff and how things have been altered, you know. Again, it goes back to the basic things. You know, there's no such there's no such thing as a healthy cereal. Uh, pasta in America is not good for you. Stay away from sugar, you know i mean it's, it's if you want to eat well think about how people thousands of years ago ate you know they they ate very very basically you know they they ate vegetables they ate lean cuts of meat it, you know that's that's that basic tenets of being healthy is that that's it right there going back to like a paleolithic era and looking at that type of a diet you know um and realizing Back then, people didn't die of chronic disease. You know, they died of uh, acute illness as opposed to heart disease or diabetes. That wasn't around back then. That didn't exist. Okay. We've created these chronic diseases based on the food that we eating. And again, uh, we see that COVID has brought that out. You know, it, it's kind of uncovered that for us, showed us that look the way we've been doing things for the last couple hundred years really hasn't been very good for us. You know, and it's it's progressively getting worse. Our food our food source in America is not very healthy. You know, you have to be diligent and you know it, it takes time, it takes effort. And to answer the question where do you get the information, there's there's, you know, Eat Smarter by Sean Stevenson is one of the best books I ever read. Mm-hmm. Um, it really lays it out in layman's terms about nutrition, about health. Um, I would recommend that book for anyone who wants to, you know, start learning how to eat well. It's a great book. It's the best yeah. book I've ever I've read it to date in terms of presenting the information to somebody in a way that they could understand it. And he really shows the um, detrimental effects of sugar and how it plays out in the body and why we got to minimize it. Um, we try to eat more organic food. You know that we eat a, a, a venison, we hunt and we mm-hmm. we eat a ton of venison, very, very lean meat, very rich in protein. You can go gluten-free, but if you're going gluten-free and the gluten-free uh, food you're eating has a lot of sugar, you're defeating the purpose. Right. So that whole fad of being gluten-free um, you have to understand what you're doing if you're you know if you really want to be healthy you got to look at sugar you know what i mean sugar is is the culprit
0: yeah and i've so i've also read eat smarter and the really nice thing about eat smarter is it will break down a specific food for example broccoli and it will tell you what it does for you in your body when you should eat it how you should eat it like It goes through and gives you specific, so many specific examples of healthy foods, what they do in your body. I mean, that right there, like that will tell you what you should be eating. But let's do like a quick, maybe 10 foods. If you can give 10 really healthy foods that people can eat and maybe specify whether that specific food should be organic or not, because there are some foods that, you know, because of the chemicals, they really should be organic or they are. It is kind of defeating the purpose. Can you give us maybe five, ten foods and whether they should be organic or not?
1: Well, before I do that, let me just say that um, again. I try to approach eating like not over the top. Like mm-hmm. I have patients come in and they say, "Would it be bad if I had a banana?" You know, like no. Well, I hear it's a high carbohydrate fruit. Well true if you let it get very yellow it becomes more sugary and it's green it's actually a good prebiotic which is a food for your the good bacteria in your body so i I, you know i always tell them like you got to use common sense sometimes you got to think like do people usually die from eating bananas do people eat die from just eating a plain baked potato with nothing on it or maybe a little butter on it no okay that's not killing people it's the fried food. It's the processed food. It's stuff like that that's really doing the damage. So I want that people to understand that. Like, you know, for people who are trying to make a change and get healthier, 80-20 rule is a great rule to follow. So 80% is really healthy and 20% is not garbage, but it's not quite as healthy. Okay. So I, I want to start with that. And then I'll give you some some foods. Um Lean cuts of meat, uh, grass fed as opposed to being, you know, um, feedlot, very high marbled meat. Okay. Um, your berries, your strawberries, your blueberries, your blackberries, very good for you. Eggs, eggs are very, very good for us. But again, like all the foods I'm going to mention, if you can get it organic, it's better than not organic. Okay. Okay. Because remember, you eat what the animal eats. So if the animal eats something that's not good, and then you're eating that animal, you're getting some of the food they ate. Okay, and that's why when it comes to meat, if they're being if they're grain fed animals, then you're getting that grain in the meat, and the grain is inflammatory to the human body. So you want to try to eat grass fed because it's going to be um, less inflammatory for you. Okay, so. We said the berries, we said lean cuts of meat, fish, um, wild caught fish, not farm raised fish, farm raised fish. Again, has a higher level of grain in it than wild caught fish. Uh, I would say gr- your dark greens. Okay. And that's a lot of different things. You know, your broccoli, your spinach, your romaine lettuce, um, vegetables in general. Okay. Um, again. You, know, we get, you can get it to the nightshade versus you know, the non-nightshade vegetables. And again, now you're getting to an area where you're really going to frustrate people and they're going to feel like they can't eat anything. So, you know, if people want to eat tomatoes and eggplant and it, as long as you're not frying it up, you know, in bad oils and stuff, then I don't really have a problem with that. It's better than eating the McDonald's, the Burger King, the Taco Bell, right? The fried foods. The chips, you know, I would say, again, fruit, you know, besides the berries, just, you know, apples and, you know, banana and, you know, just don't, you, you can't go too crazy with certain fruits because they do have a higher fructose level. Okay. And that will, you know, that could affect you negatively. Again, I don't have a problem with people eating oats, oatmeal. That, yes, needs to be organic. Um, if it's not organic, it's, you you know, you heard what I said earlier about the roundup. So Mm -hmm. take that for what it's worth. Um, water, drink water, the body's 70% water. You should be drinking a ton of water every day, you know? Um, and just water. People always looking for the loophole with that, you know, well, there's water in beer doc. (laughs) <laughs> like, yeah, but that's not good for you. you know? And well, how about if have coffee? there's water and coffee? All right. You know, it's like, no, your body is not made of coffee. It's not made of beer. It's made of water. You know, drink water. Okay. So, you know, I hope that kind of, kind of cut, you know, raw nuts. You know, yeah. raw nuts, not roasted, not salted, raw nuts. Okay. These are the things our ancestors ate. You know, and for people who eat this way, you can see how healthy they are. Okay, sweet potatoes. Again, if you just stay on the outside of the supermarket, it's where you're going to find the vegetables, meats, the eggs. Um, You need to stay away from dairy. You know, Um, it's really not we're not designed to have it. You know, I mean, we're one of the only mammals to have milk after we leave the mother. You know, um, a lot of people, you tell them that, you know, it's like they never thought like that, but that's something that, you know, people really shouldn't be having a lot of milk. So your dairy products need to minimize them. So it's not just what you should eat as a, you know, like you're talking about the 10 best. How about some things you should definitely try to avoid, Mm -hmm. you know, fried food, never no fried food. Fried food is terrible for you. No soda. Like, why would you put something in your body that you can take rust off a nail, you can take battery acid off a battery, and some police officers carry Coca-Cola a cola products in the back of their squad cars to clean blood off the highway. Like, so why would you put that into your body? How can that in any way, shape, or form be good for you? Actually, when you drink soda, it's such an acidic product, your body's trying to balance that. And it's going to balance it by taking alkaline um, minerals and stuff out of your bones and muscle in order to try to balance that. So why would you want to put something in your body that's going to pull things out of your bones, pull minerals out of your bones? Fried food does the same thing. So, like, it's not only putting the really good stuff in, but it's also really eliminating the really bad stuff. And then the other stuff in between. You know, if you have a little bit here, a little bit there. Okay. You know, you have your cheat day, you know, you know, so like you got to keep it within reason so somebody can handle this so they can, they can actually accomplish it. If you make it, there's so many few people who you can make it so strict and they're going to follow that and they're never going to go off it. It, It's the, the percentage is so low. And we don't want people to fail. We want people to succeed because once they start seeing the changes, they feel the changes, they feel the energy. They feel like they want to do something. Then automatically they want to exercise. They want to walk. They want to do, they want to use their body because the body's now has the energy to actually move. You know, yeah. so you want to, you want to make it easy to win and hard to lose.
0: And eventually like what I noticed was when I started getting away from processed and sugar, that, addiction went away like i i didn't crave it as much anymore when you start eating the whole foods because it's what your body was meant to eat so when you start giving it that and feeding it that that's what it ends up craving versus the you know chemicals and the sugar that were modified and made in a way to make us crave them
1: exactly so i i I think you know the answer to this but i think i've asked you this question i asked the audience so what tells you what to eat like what part of your body tells you what to eat? And when you ask that question, people say, well, my brain tells you what to eat. And actually, it's not. It's your stomach. Mm-hmm. Your stomach tells your brain to tell you what to eat. So try to follow me on this. When you're eating very well, okay, you have uh, good bacteria. The abundance of bacteria in your gut are good. And good bacteria normally are attracted to good food. You know, the whole foods, the salads, the fruit, they're just attracted to the healthier foods. As opposed to when you're not eating healthy, you have a lot of bad bacteria in your gut, and the bad bacteria love sugar. So then your stomach's telling your brain to go after sugar. So, like you were saying, you know, when you start eating better, you start, it's because the bacteria in your gut changes from bad to good. And that bacteria is automatically attracted to healthier food.
0: Yeah. And that makes total sense. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit because nutrition is so important to health, but it is just a piece of health. It's not health in its entirety. So I want to talk a little bit about exercise because we all know, I mean, it's common knowledge that living an active lifestyle makes you healthier. And yet for some reason, we still don't do it. So how should someone incorporate exercise into their healthy lifestyle? What would you say to someone who doesn't exercise? How do you start out? What are some things you should do? Or maybe someone does exercise, but they could be doing it better. How should we incorporate activity and exercise into our lives?
1: Well, just like there are a thousand different diets out there, there's a thousand different mindsets on exercise. Yeah. So the first thing you have to understand is the body was not designed to be sedentary. It was designed to move. All right. So when I have somebody who's never exercising, they want to start exercising, just go for a walk, go for a 10 minute walk only, 10 minutes, go for a walk. Okay. Get on a treadmill, just move for 10 minutes. Okay. And slowly increase from that, make 10 minutes, 11 minutes, 12 minutes, walk halfway around the block. The next day, walk three quarters around the block or you you have to walk the rest of the block because if you get halfway, you have to get halfway back. So you're going to walk one block then. Okay. So little things like that start. Um, And then, you know, you can build from that. And as you start feeling better, what happens naturally is you're looking for things to do. Okay. So you might decide to join join a gym then and get some one-on-one training from a personal trainer who hopefully knows what they're doing. Okay. Um, You might see an infomercial on TV and decide I'm going to buy a certain uh, workout program and utilize that. Mm -hmm. Okay. But for the people who never exercised, you got to get them to understand they have to start moving. Okay. You just got to start moving if you want to do a Zumba class or anything, you got to start moving, okay um, a, a simple walking for somebody who's been working out and they're looking for something different you got to ask them what their interests are you know, well are you interested more in weight training, are you more interested in like a yoga type of a training um, do you like to do like more of a cardio workout like an aerobic workout because there's so many different things you can do and I, you know Again, you know, there's so many different opinions on exercise. I've been training mainly with weights since I was 12 years old. Um, I am now 58 years old, and I still train with weights. I'm just conditioned that way, and I really enjoy doing it. Um, I do incorporate every now and then some yoga, some extra stretching, especially as I'm getting older. Um, You know, I I, I utilize more of a warm-up. My warm-up is much more significant to get my body ready to start training. Um, to avoid injury, but, um, you know, it, it's a, such an individual thing. You have to find what you want to do and then you have to do it and you have to be consistent. that you have to show up every day. You know, you have to want to do it. It's easy to say, I want to do it, but when the rubber has to meet the road, you find out who truly wants to do it.
0: Yeah. So you're saying that we can do the physical activity that we enjoy. I feel like there's this mindset that activity has to be grind and hard and you have to hate it and it has to be horrible in order to see gains but what you're saying is you can find the things that you actually enjoy doing and then do those things and you'll see results
1: yeah and what's going to happen is you're probably going to want to look for other things then because you Mm -hmm. might start getting bored like you might say you know i just enjoy walking at first and you know you're walking you're walking well i want to try something different so you might try doing Uh, I might try doing some weight training, incorporate that with my cardio. And I might try using an electrical glider then or something of that nature, as opposed to just walking. It kind of, it just starts to transform. And, you know, as, as we change body sizes and body types, you might find something you never thought you'd like. And all of a sudden you start doing it, you really start enjoying it. And then that becomes your main thing. and, one of the biggest misconceptions is this whole thing about, you know, no pain, no gain. Man, that's not for everybody. And for a lot of people, that will turn you away from exercise, you know, very, very quickly. So if that's your personality, you're going to go that way anyway. But for a lot of people, that's not their personality. They just want to go. They want to put their time in. Um, they want to feel like they did something, get their heart rate up, sweating a little bit, feeling good, get the blood flowing. And that's enough. And there's nothing wrong with that because if you have a really good diet and you're incorporating this type of any type of exercise, be it, you know, grinding or just more of a casual exercise, um, you're still going to get great benefits.
0: Yeah. Let's talk for a moment to that grinder. I'm one of those grinders. I just have to feel that like pain and the urge to feel like I'm working hard. But how important is physical recovery to health? You know, that's something I struggle with. I'm I'm bad about it. I want to feel the pain and feel the soreness, and I neglect to take care of myself when I'm not working and I'm, when I'm not dancing. So how important is physical recovery to health, and how is it actually a piece of grinding in a way?
1: So this kind of, like, brings everything full circle here because – with recovery, you know, it starts with what are you putting into your body? You know, if, if you're grinding, but you're eating garbage, your, your recovery is terrible. But if you're, if you're grinding and you're eating really healthy, you're eating organic, and you're eating the way you're supposed to be eating, your body's getting the proper nutrients, that in and of itself is going to help you recover quicker. And then we need to, you know, um, it, recovery is so important. So proper sleep, that's where a lot of the healing happens. If you're a grinder, you're tearing, you're breaking muscle down and that muscle has to heal. That's gonna happen when you're sleeping. So your quality sleep is important. Uh, warming up and cooling down. It's critical. You know, a lot of people, they walk into a gym, they, you know, they take your sweatshirt off, they swing their arms around a couple of times and they're at it. You know, and then you wonder why they had the injuries. You got to warm your body up. You gotta get, get it ready to work, build into it. And then when you're done, you want to do some stretching to cool the body down as opposed to just stopping and walking away. Okay. Get those muscles stretched out. after you just made them contract for however long you work out for, you know? And so what I have learned as I've gotten older is it's not the amount of time you spend working out. It's what you get done in that time. Okay. So for me, as I've gotten older, I've learned that I work out very, very fast. I'm still doing the same amount of sets, the same amount of reps, I might have to lower the weight in order to do that. But my body, uh, my goal is to always get my body to feel like it really worked. And I've learned that it's, you know, when you're young, you're in the gym with your buddies and you're in there for two, three hours and you're training and you're, you're not getting a lot done. You're doing a lot of talking and it's, you know, but I learned like to train fast, be locked in, focused, get it done. And I think it actually works better than just dragging it out for like an hour, hour and a half. So, But the recovery part of this is, is critical. I mean, if you want to make gains, you have to let your body heal, recover. And sometimes it means just, you know, taking a week off. If you're training really, really hard for like three or four months, you might just have to stop for a week. You know, do some stretching, but really no training. And let those everything, the joints, the muscles, everything just heal. And then when that week's over, you get back into it.
0: Yeah, I think that's really good advice. I think it's something that a lot of people overlook because we do live in a no pain, no gain culture. But really, if you want to make significant gains, you have to also allow your body the time to recover because otherwise you're not going to be healthy. There's two extremes. There's not doing anything. And then there's going way overboard. Both are unhealthy. We have to find that, that balance, that nice middle ground.
1: Yeah, especially, you know, like there's, for men, you can train to a point where you're actually making te- uh, good testosterone, bad testosterone in the body. And that's not a good thing for us. So, I mean, you know, there's that, that fine line between grinding and then, you know, you've pushed really hard. Now it's time to let the body, heal, rest. You know, it's funny years ago it was like, you, you trained every body part twice a week. And I don't know too many people who do that anymore. Yeah. They train the one, they train the body part once a week, but they train it very hard and they realize by training the other body parts, you're still working that body part. So it, it, it's, it's, the whole exercise paradigm has shifted tremendously in the last 20, 30 years.
0: Yeah. Now I really, I want to dive into your specialty a little bit. Um, The alignment of the spine and chiropractic. Not everyone knows about chiropractic and how beneficial it can be. So why don't you talk about how the alignment of the spine contributes to health and how chiropractic can also contribute to that healthy lifestyle.
1: So the first thing I would say is when you look at the human spine and you look at the skull, okay. They're encasing your brain and your spinal cord. Okay. And it's really, really hard. I mean, they're totally protecting it. So if you think about every other organ in your body, like your heart, right. Your lungs, they're protected by the ribs. Okay. But you, you have the space still between the ribs to get to them. All right. And the least significant an organ is the less protected it is. Okay, so if you think about the nervous system, right, it's totally your spine is encased in the vertebra and your brain is encased in the skull. So obviously, it's very, very important to the body. Otherwise, it wouldn't be so protected. Okay, so that's the first thing I want to say about why it's important to have your spine in proper alignment, because it's, it's housing your nerve system. Secondly, your your spine supports your structure. So just the other day i was having this conversation with a patient he was talking about you know how often do you feel somebody should have their spine checked and my response was once a week he kind of gave me this confused look and so let me ask you a question i said do you brush your teeth because they hurt or do you brush your teeth because you don't you want to stay healthy he said, well, you brush your teeth twice a day to stay healthy i said exactly you know so I said, unfortunately, we don't think of the spine that way. And the teeth only have one function. The teeth have a function for chewing. That's it. Now, your spine not only houses your nerve system, which and the nerve system controls every function in your body, but the spine also supports. So if you're brushing your teeth twice a day. okay, every day to keep your teeth healthy. Am I out of line to say I'd like to have your spine checked once a week to make sure that's staying in proper alignment? so that your nerve system is flowing better and that your structure is supported properly. And he said, "No, I think that's, it makes total sense. And that's how I kind of look at chiropractic. I I, I don't, I try to use chiropractic more from a wellness standpoint. Now, that being said, 90% of people that walk into my office come in because they're in pain and we adjust them. We help them. Um, with their goal, which is to get out of pain, but in that process, we're trying to educate them about why it's important to have a healthy spine. Um, Many times we take a picture, we take extra before we adjust our patients for the first time to protect them, um, to make sure there's nothing pathologically wrong. And many times, they'll come in for lower back pain, and we'll take pictures of their neck and their lower back, and their neck can be severely degenerated, very unhealthy, and they say I don't. I've never had neck pain. I said, but you've had these misalignments in your neck for years, and that's one of the reasons why your neck is degenerating now because the normal forces between the joints are not, were never able to be applied properly, um, and so then the joint starts to break down. And so, you know, I, I the other thing I tell patients is, you know, can you imagine if you could see our spine? If we could see our teeth. So it's kind of important that your teeth don't look bad, right? For most people we want to have healthy looking teeth. You smile, you want to see nice teeth. So I always tell, can you imagine if you could see our spine? You know, people be like, well, where are you going? I love your spine. It looks great. (laughs) Well, I'm going to this part. Well, I got to go there, but we don't see the spine. So we just take it for granted. And then until it hurts, then we think, oh, we should do something about it. So, you know, again, having a wellness practice, I think it's very important that we keep our spines as healthy as possible to minimize degeneration as we age, to give our bodies the ability to move as easily as possible, to keep the nerve system flowing to its fullest potential. And I, you know, that's kind of how I approach my chiropractic care with my patients.
0: Yeah, and it's just something that so many people don't think much about, the spine, you know, it's there. And like you said, we don't really think about it unless we're having pain, but if we can, what like if we could prevent the pain, why wouldn't we? That, like you said, that's what we do with our teeth. Yes. Why, like, why would you wait until you're in excruciating pain to then go fix the problem? Then it's going to be a lot harder to fix the problem. And that's a point for all health. Why wait until you're in a bad state of health or you're in a lot of pain to then try to fix the problem? When a you might already be too late, or b if you're not, it's going to be that much harder to fix. Why don't we? Why don't we play offense? Why don't we try to prevent that from ever happening? And then we're going to just live healthier lives. We're going to be in less pain overall, right? We're going to, that's going to make us happier, give us more energy. That's the whole purpose of living a healthy lifestyle, in my opinion.
1: Well, I love the way you put that, you know, why aren't we playing offense? You know, it's like when somebody becomes morbidly obese and they choose to want to start getting healthier, It's, it's a long, long process and it's a hard process. You know, um, is sometimes not even a question at first, it's too hard to move, you know what I mean? It's too painful to move. Um, so like, yeah, like you said, why not avoid that from happening in the first place, let's teach our children how to eat healthy. So they stay healthy, they do not become overweight and then eventually obese, they want to exercise. You Not know, something we need to get back in our school systems is, you know, more physical activity. We're getting a w- more and more further away from the physical activity and more into like the, um, just sitting and learning and the computers. Well, we see the result of that. I think we need to start going back a little bit the other way and introducing more recess, make sure kids are having gym every day. And that's straight through high school, you know. That's straight through high school. Moving. Because the problem is, you know, when we're kids, we well, my generation, we were kids, we ran around, we we were outside, we were playing, we didn't have video games and phones to be on. So you went outside and you made you, you made fun. And we, you know, you you were constantly moving. And then what happens, you you get out of high school, and then you start quote unquote living life, and you stop moving. And in no time at all, the body starts breaking down.
0: Yeah. I just recently heard something that um, I believe it was Jesse Itzler who said something along the lines of like, don't give up what you already have for what you want. Like, don't give up your active lifestyle for money or for the quote unquote living the life find a way to keep the active lifestyle and also build and grow upon that versus making a transaction.
1: Yeah. I think that's, that's great way to look at that. We just have to choose what you want, you know, whatever that is. And then, you know, get that because, um, this is your life, you know, and, um, it can, you and I have had this conversation many, many times. You can make it easy. You can make it hard. And when you start becoming unhealthy, you're making it pretty hard, Yeah, you know, and you can, you have a lot to say in that. Not everything, you know, there are some genetic things that can happen and there's accidents that can happen, but for the most part, we have a lot to say in how healthy we're going to be.
0: Yeah, And
1: that's up to the individual.
0: And it's one of the few things in life that we have some control over. One of the very few things in life that we have some control over. So Why not take control of it then? Why let it be another thing that is just to the wayside that's determined by other people? Take control of it. It's your life.
1: It's one of the things I think it's ignored a lot when we're children. Why aren't we spending more time in our education system teaching our children this, giving them this information, showing them the true importance of it? yeah, you know, it's done, it's kind of like, done, kind of like uh, very vanilla, you know, very light, uh, you know, you got to eat right to be healthy, blah, blah. How come we're not really spending time with our children and really getting this, you know, drilled into them so they understand what's going to happen them later on in life if they don't do this? How much uh, tougher life can be if you're not doing this?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a great point. I, you know, it hasn't been very long since I was in high school and there's a lot of things that I learned, you know, some calculus things, some science things. I'm never, I'm never going to use in my life again. Mm-hmm. I am always going to have my health to worry about, though. That exactly. is something that will never go away in my lifetime.
1: Yeah. You know why not? Why not get rid of all garbage food in our schools and just serve healthy food? Yeah. Why not do that? I mean, it's something simple that we could do, especially with what we've been uh, faced with for the last two years. Why not try to get everybody eating a little healthier because like we spoke earlier that's can only help the immune system
0: yeah so yeah and a big component of all of this health stuff we're talking about is energy i would be willing to bet that 100 of people want energy and want more of it and so how can we get more energized more full of vitality because that gives life this light and this fun and it allows us to do the things we want to do when we have the energy to do them how do we go about getting more energy
1: three easy steps don't hit the snooze button get up drink some water and move
0: it's that simple
1: well i you to start your day yeah. don't hit the snooze button get out of bed drink some water and move start moving Just move for five or 10 minutes. Just move. Walk in place. Do some jumping jacks. Run in place. Do some stretching. Start moving your body. Drink water. Right? You're 70% water. You slept all night. You're dehydrated. Yeah. Don't drink coffee. Drink water. You know, drink 10 ounces of water. See how you feel like five minutes later. But don't hit the snooze button. Get out of bed. All right? Don't listen to that. I mean, the voice inside your head saying, um, you know, I just want to stay in bed for another five, nine minutes. What's this? What's snooze? I don't know. What it's, I never, I don't even use like alarm clock. So what's snoozes like I, my alarm clocks, my dog. So um, <laughs> the snooze, I don't have a snooze. I can't hit the dog in the head and have her. stop She keeps barking. So, you know, five to five 15. I'm up every morning because, you know, she's telling me to get up and I appreciate her before that reason, you know, so I don't have a snooze button. Get up, you know, and I start moving. I start moving. to have to take her out take her outside i'm walking with her i drink some water right bring her back in i feed her and then i work out you know that's how i start my day so yeah. and that's the, by the time breakfast comes around i'm totally full of energy yeah happens every day but what happens is by nine o'clock at night, as you would know 8 o'clock at night i shut down yeah i'm done you know because i, I go all day
0: yeah. And this is something I can attest to. You know, the days when I wake a majority of the time, I'll say a majority of the time, the days that I wake up earlier, I have more energy than the days that I sleep in later, which is almost an oxymoron because we're always told, well, you got to get your sleep. You got to get more sleep, more sleep, more sleep, and you'll feel better. I have almost found the opposite to be true. When, And I'm not saying get two hours of sleep. I'm saying go to bed at a decent hour so that you can wake up early because I don't know what it is about the morning, about waking up before the sun, but it just, it energizes you. I don't know what it is, but it, it's different. You got to experience it.
1: Yeah. I mean, wisdom comes early in the early morning hours where there's no distractions. Yeah. Things come to you. Um, you wake up, your, your energy is, it's there. You're clear. Um you know, then the day starts, after, you know, when life starts, then a lot of distractions start filtering in and, you know, it's, it's harder to, you know, focus and stuff. So that early morning times, it's, it's critical. And, you, you know, you talk to any successful person, they're getting up early. Yeah. You know, they don't have, the, a lot of them don't use an alarm clock. If they do, they don't hit the snooze button. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, remember we said earlier, your body was designed to move, not to be sedentary. So mm-hmm. that goes for the same thing with, you know, getting up in the morning. Your body wants to get up and go. And when you eat better, you don't need as much sleep. Okay. Yeah. So how do you get more energy? Well, you got, it, it, it all goes together. It's not one simple thing you can do to have more energy. I mean, you, it, it, it it's a process, you know, it's so many different things, variables that I'm, you know, can make it better and make it worse. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, you can get up for, you can get up, for, I hit the uh snooze button, drink some water and move. But if your breakfast is, you know, um, uh captain crunch cereal with loaded with sugar and then you know your mid-morning snack is a pepsi and a snickers bar and your lunch is burger king and then mid-afternoon you need another you need another soda because you're passing out from your lunch you just ate you know and then dinner is you know the next fast food well you're not gonna have any energy and you know what you're not gonna be able to get up in the morning and do those things yeah it doesn't work i like
0: i like to think that we are in control of our energy like we create and we control our energy I honestly think at any moment during the day you can raise your level of energy like if you stop and you do some jumping jacks or you smile straight for two minutes you're gonna feel more energized than you were before if you sit up straight you're gonna feel more energized we also have the choice to eat healthy to not hit the snooze to get up and move those are all choices so energy is not something that comes from food or sleep they they contribute to it but at the end of the day we make the choice to be energized that's how i look at energy
1: yeah i i think for a lot of people they never even think in terms of energy and stuff it's it's, you know it's i think again it's for the people who are more conscientious of their body of their um health you know those are the type of people you know who they recognize when their energy levels are low. They recognize when yeah. they're feeling great. And I mean, a lot of people just—they just go through life on the conveyor belt. They just—they're—they're—they're they're, they're in a daze. You know, yeah. they don't even recognize stuff like that. So you know, I, again, as you start getting healthier, it's like an awakening. Yeah. You start—you start noticing things. You start realizing this. You start, oh, wow, I never realized I could feel this good first thing in the morning. I never realized, you know, mm-hmm. I can have energy all day and not want to black out at two o'clock in the afternoon. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Now, I want to talk, I do want to touch, we mentioned this before, but I want to talk a little bit more about supplementation Uh, because it's, you know, it's, we see it everywhere. Like Mm -hmm. you can walk into a Walgreens and see supplements. Mm -hmm. So talk, talk to us a little bit about supplementation. How does supplementation supplement a healthy lifestyle? (sighs) You know, how should people go about taking supplements? How is quality important? Really dive in for a few minutes on supplementation.
1: Okay, so that subject we could talk for another hour on, which we don't have time for today. But let me just say this. Why do we need supplements? Well, back in the 1940s, uh, 1930s, you could eat a bowl of salad and had a certain amount of nutrition incorporated with that bowl of salad. Today, you would need about 15 bowls of salad to equal that one bowl of salad. The question is why? Because the nutritional value of food has gone down because of the chemicals that we keep putting on our food. Okay, so that's one of the first reasons why you need to take supplements. Okay, the next thing is let's talk quality. Okay, so I always tell my patient there's three things you should be willing to spend money on. One is a good mattress, you sleep anywhere from seven to eight hours a day, which is almost a third of your life you're sleeping. You should have good support for your spine, um, so you should be willing to spend money on a mattress. Second is shoes make sure you have good supporting shoes while you're on your feet a good part of the day. All right. So you want to make sure your feet are being supported because that helps the rest of your structure. If your feet are you know, properly being supported. And third is supplements. If You're going to take supplements. Please be willing to spend a little money on them. Um, because if you're just, if you're looking for the uh, cheap brand, you're going to get cheap supplements. And unfortunately for a lot of those cheap supplements, what they say in the bo- is in the bottle isn't even in the bottle. Okay um nutritional supplementation like the wild wild west okay they say they're regulated but i've never met the supplement police so <laughs> i don't know um you know uh, it, there's so many products there they're, they're nothing but a bunch of fillers it's important that you uh know the source you're getting your supplements from um are they being independently third-party tested can you are you can you call the company and see copies of those tests you know, also, you know, certain supplements you're going to take because you know they're going to help your body be healthy, and you're not really going to notice much of a difference. Other supplements you're going to take, and you're going to notice there are certain things that have changed. And I'll give you a quick example. So vitamin D3 has been known to keep respiratory viruses down. I've been selling these for my to my patient for the last 12 years, probably. And every fall, we really talk to our patient about increasing their vitamin D3 intake, And one thing we have noticed over the last 12 years is that our patients really do not get a lot of respiratory viruses um, because D3 has been known to, you know, uh, suppress that. And so there you get, you have evidence right there. And I have, you know, I should, I should be doing a study on this because I don't know how many of my patients have taken it and they've commented, you know, doc, every year before I started doing this, I would get sick. And now I'm not getting sick. Congratulations. You know what I mean? So understanding why you're taking certain supplements, what you're taking them for, what so like if you're taking a, um, a fish oil, the fatty acids, you know, if you're looking for to take down inflammation in your body, that's the reason why you're taking it. EPA should be higher than the DHA. There are two different types of um, the fatty acids. Okay, if you're doing it for cognitive function, DHA should be higher than EPA, and they are just things that. Um, you know practitioners people who know nutrition know and that's why sometimes utilizing their expertise can be very beneficial and also finding out what supplements are good for you versus you're just wasting your money okay and i think that's where uh, we always tell our patients you can get your supplements wherever you want Um, i'm just going to let you know some basic facts about depending on where you're buying them you should be cautious and so um you know, again, we could, be, we could talk for an hour on supplementation. Yeah. You know, when I first started, we did the basic five things. You know, we did basic five supplements a lot of people take. Um, and then we started growing and we started, you know, um, being a little more specific based on a person's needs. And, you know, so then we got, you know, and now, you know, something like um, we know now with uh, COVID, there are certain supplements that have been proven to help reduce your chance of getting COVID. So, you know, we, we talk to our patients about that and we advise them they should be taking it. And a lot of times I'll take it and they say, wow, you know, this is amazing. I, I, I feel I'm, I'm fortunate. So, um, I hope I answered that question. Yeah. Um, again, we could talk an hour on just supplementation, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So.
0: so we have talked, I mean, obviously extensively on health. What are some signs that someone is healthy? How can someone let's say they take your advice, they start being active, they, they start eating really healthy, they talk to someone who is an expert in nutrition and get on their supplements. And what are they going to see in themselves that are going to be indicators that they are moving towards health?
1: So better sleep quality, Um, more energy, Um, usually congestion. Um, is minimized digestion is highly improved you're not constipated you don't have diarrhea acid reflux goes away um things of that nature they'll see aches and pains start to minimize you know mental clarity improves these are the things that people who when they start getting healthy they re you know they 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 report that they're noticing Um, a better attitude they're more optimistic they're less negative i mean these are things will happen when you um start becoming healthy you know you don't feel like sitting in front of the tv you feel like all of a sudden reading or you feel like moving you feel like doing other things uh, it's just amazing how when you start becoming healthy all these other things start opening up to you
0: yeah and that's i mean again i can attest to that it's totally true i've i live a very healthy lifestyle and like you said, optimism, way up there. I have a great mm-hmm. attitude most of the time. I have, a, for the most part, quite a bit of energy. You know, I don't just, I've, like there are, of course, there are times when I want to take a break and sit in front of the TV, but it's not when I want to spend my entire day doing.
1: And understand there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. If, you know, if you want to watch a movie, my, you know, um, your mother and I, we love watching movies together. There's nothing wrong with watching a movie. You know, it's it doesn't mean now all those things and you're 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 unhealthy because you want to watch a movie, you know. So the other thing I didn't mention, the skin. The mm. the glow of your skin.
0: Oh yes. The healthier
1: person gets, look at their skin. Yeah. And you can almost see it. Like you can just see the glow to them. You know, the really healthy people have that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So
0: And there is just a glow, even if it's not like you and you're like, wow, their skin is great. They just have this glow yeah. and this energy about them. You know they're healthy.
1: It's almost tangible. The the energy is almost tangible. You can almost feel. You walk into a room and you can feel it. You can almost feel the person. Mm You know what I mean? So that's yeah, that's the benefit of being healthy. You know what I mean? And then if you look at the flip side of it, it's not very fun. You know, and the thing is, you know, we never know how long we're going to be here, and so um, it can be enjoyable, uh, or it can be very um, painful. Mm -hmm. And so you you have uh, you have a certain saying some of that.
0: Mm -hmm. So this podcast is all about success, building our success, getting us in the right mindset, the right state to reach as high of a level of success as we have the potential to, which is unlimited because we all have unlimited potential. So how does a healthy lifestyle contribute to a successful life?
1: Again, it really comes down to, um, you know, if you're going to be successful, there's certain qualities you have to have you have to be energized, you know, you have to be optimistic. Um, you have to feel good about yourself. You know, um, these are things that you know, your successful people, they, they, they have all these qualities, you know? And so you're going to get that from having a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. So yeah, that's what, it, you know, I mean, I mean being if, if, if it's really hard to be successful if you're not healthy and they yeah. almost go hand in hand. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's something you have to keep in mind.
0: Dad, you have given my audience crazy amounts of value today. Like I, I knew this was going to be a good talk. Cause obviously I know you very well. I know your knowledge. Um, but I think this is a great starting point for anyone looking to take their health up a notch, like start with these things, like re-listen to this, take notes. This is really, really good information. So, If someone listening wanted to reach out to you, get in touch with you, maybe learn more about your practice to maybe, you know, inquire about becoming a patient, any of those things. How can someone reach out to you, get in touch with you, you know, tell you they like today's discussion? And do you have any last little bits of advice that you want to give to the listeners?
1: Well, you can get a hold of us. Um, Our practice is called New Leaf Chiropractic. Our website is new-leaf-chiropractic.com. You can go there. You can reach out to us through the website. Um, We do phone consultations with patients, especially from the nutritional um, aspect of it. It's really hard to do chiropractic through the phone, but um, we can do uh, nutritional consults with people. And um, yeah, that's the best way to get a hold of us, you know, through our website.
0: Do you have any social media, you personally or the business, that someone could maybe follow?
1: Yeah, we're on Instagram. I believe it's on the New Leaf Chiropractic. Again, you know, I'm not a, a super high-tech person, but I, we do have an Instagram account, and I believe it's on the New Leaf Chiropractic. So you could probably find us there. If you Google that, you'll probably find us. Um, yeah. I've done some short videos there, and we've done some posting and stuff. So get some yeah. information. You can reach out to us through that.
0: And I will include all of those links in the show notes for everyone. So if you're listening, you can go there. You'll be able to find them there. Um, If you are in the Monroe area or in any of the kind of South Central Wisconsin area, I definitely highly recommend taking a look at New Leaf Chiropractic because, I mean, from an unbiased standpoint, I know I am his daughter, but he gives great care to his patients and he really helps people change their lives and get healthy and get out of pain. so if that's something you're interested in, which I think is like everyone definitely take a look at that. Do you have any last minute advice things you want to give to the listeners?
1: Again, make it easy to win, hard to lose, take baby steps. Um, try to reach out to people who have knowledge in, in the field of um, nutrition and health and exercise. Um you can go on the, if you want the internet it's so much information you'd be so confused you don't even know where to go so try to find a mentor um pick their brain um you know and again take baby steps this is this is not a sprint it's a marathon getting healthy is a journey it doesn't happen overnight you didn't get sick overnight you're not going to get healthy overnight um realize that be patient understand there's going to be some slips and falls along the way um the successful people get up they get up they brush themselves off and they keep going Okay. Um, don't let a slip here or there um, keep you from achieving your goals.
0: Yeah, that's really, really great advice. So I have one last question for you. Dr. Pete, Dad, what is success to you?
1: So I knew this was coming. (laughs) And so. I gave us uh, probably more thought than anything. And for me, uh, you know, you have to define success for yourself. You know what I mean? You, you have to uh, decide what that is for you. For me, it was becoming the best chiropractor I could be, becoming the best husband I could be to your mother, becoming the best father I could become for you children. I wanted to be a part of your lives So in doing so, I changed the hours of my business so that I could be involved in driving you to uh, dance lessons. I could be involved in uh, helping coach your brother's sports teams and stuff and be at the games and be involved. I understand that these windows close quickly, and when they close, they don't reopen. And for me, it wasn't so much about how big of a practice I could have, how much money could I make. It was more about, um, experience in that moment with my family and my children that I, I will never get back. And so, um, you know, I've been very successful in my eyes, according to the, um, definition I created for my own success. And I, I, and, and I, I'm not, I don't judge anybody for what they want to do with their lives. Some people would rather have the big practice, be more, make more money, and, and, and not be as in, involved with um, the sports of, you know, or being able to make it to every single game. And that's okay. So whatever you choose for yourself, whatever you choose, then go get that. And if you get it, then I believe you're successful. And that's how I kind of define it.
0: I really love that definition because I think it speaks to a very important tenet, which is you can have all the money in the world. If you're not happy, you're not successful. Success is what you want it to be. It is not what society tells you it should be. It is not what somebody on a motivational video tells you it should be. It's what you want it to be. Exactly. Dad, this has been, I mean, this is my longest one by far. And it's because we were just bringing so much value. We were just having such a great discussion. I literally cannot wait to get this out For the audience because i think it's just it's so important and it's really going to help people i really think it's going to help people so thank you again so so much for being on for spending the time with us
1: um yeah i just want to say jessica i mean um yes you are my daughter and i'm extremely extremely proud of you um you know i i've been blessed tell you how blessed i feel when i see all you've accomplished already in your life um for me to be able to experience that with you, um, to, uh, to, to watch you growing into the woman you're growing into, um, the value you're trying to put into other people's lives. Uh, I couldn't be prouder as a parent. Um, so continue what you're doing. Um, you are touching lives. You are making a huge difference. Um, I know you're early on in this um, journey, but uh, man, I think the sky's the limit for you. So, I mean, just keep going. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, you are you are going to make a huge difference. Trust me.
0: Well, thank you. Now you're getting me emotional. <laughs> so that's what we're trying to do here. So um, thank you, everyone, for everyone who listened. I hope, I mean, okay, I don't hope. I know you got a lot of value out of this. So if you did, reach out to Dr. Pete, reach out to New Leaf Chiropractic, reach out to us, let us know you got value out of it. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Triple E. Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed that discussion. I know I did. If you have any questions on anything we talked about today, definitely reach out to Dr. Pete, or you can reach out to me. I may not be the expert like my dad, but I do know a thing or two. But really, if you have any questions, reach out to Dr. Pete. Um, If you wanna learn a little bit more about health, he can help you. If you have any questions, he can answer them. And also, if you are in the Central, South, Wisconsin area, take a look at New Leaf Chiropractic. Like I said before, they really offer great care. And definitely go give Dr. Pete a follow on Instagram. Um, Check out their website. Those links will be in the show notes as always. And if you liked what you heard today, definitely visit mindfulontogeny.com. You'll find our mindset coaching there, our motivational speaking there. And contact me, reach out to us, and we can get you set up and get your success rolling. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day. Thanks for listening today. Remember, if you have any comments or questions, please reach out. I'm so excited to talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening to Triple E.